0: This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some
1: listeners. Discretion is advised.
2: You've got questions. We've got all the answers when it comes to sex and more. This is The A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Every week, we pick a series of topics that you've been wanting to know about. It's an encyclopedia of sex, intimacy, relationships, and so much more than that. Let's get things started. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. For the last 30 plus years, as a psychologist, a sex and intimacy coach, and a gender, sex, and relationship diversity therapist, I've been working with people to help them create and maintain the relationships that they want containing sizzling sex, but with no shame. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. And this week, the letter is P. And P is for pompoir. And don't be embarrassed if you've not heard of this before. I hadn't. So this is going to be learning for all of us. Joining me today is Belle DiLorenzo. She is the CEO and founder of Godess, that's G-O-H-D-D-E-S-S, which is the first online course on the secret art of Pampoir, where women master their pelvic floors to create over 27 unique movements that trigger powerful orgasms. Welcome to the show, Belle.
3: Hey, I'm so happy to be here, Lori. Thank you so, so, so much. I'm very honored, very pleased to be here. Uh, I'm a listener of the show. I really, really liked your uh, I think it was the S episode of last year, I, I believe, because it was sensory uh, th- deprivation. I think it, I thought it was fascinating. So I, I'm a big
1: fan. <laughs> I'm really happy to be here. Oh, thank you. So, um, right. This is an area. Okay. So I know pelvic floor exercises. I don't think there's a woman alive who hasn't heard of pelvic floor exercises and many men too now, um, but particularly women who have had um, babies any gynecological issues and hysterectomies all hear about the importance of the pelvic floor. Um, and I will t- start out by saying that I am skeptical about certain things because my experiences haven't been altogether um, amazing. Um, so it'll be interesting to, to get your take on this. But this is something I haven't heard of. 27 separate movements. Oh, my God. It's crazy. It's insane. And every every every
3: week that goes by that we're training these women and that we have more women join the course, we realize just how amazing the female is. Uh, I, I didn't think we could do all these things. So it's it really is 27 combinations are just different movements with different speeds and rhythms and different regions of the vaginal canal. And that's what makes up even more so now because every week we have new women telling us, oh, I tried this in combination with this and this came out. And we're just astonished every single week. Um, so yeah, it was. It's definitely not something that's that's uh, commonly known. That's widely known. Pompoir, it's something that I discovered uh, three years ago. And I, I had heard about it. I had heard it as the Singapore kiss, the Singapore grip. Uh, sometimes even playing the flute, but uh, I'd never heard the. I never knew what it was. I knew that it was. You know. What is this ra ra spiritual? I, I thought it was something to do with yoga, maybe with tantric sex, and I didn't know anything about it. So yeah, but there's there's much more to learn. There's a lot, a lot that we can do. It's it's amazing.
1: Okay, so um, so let's start at the beginning then. So this this is something that you that came out from a sexual positivity direction. Um, is it also um, is it also useful for women who are having issues? around, um, urine leakage and, um, uh, you know, pain with work, uh, pain with, sorry, pain with intercourse and things that traditionally they say sometimes pelvic floor stuff will help with.
3: Yes. So, um, there's, there's, a, there's a few things here. So, in terms of incontinence, urinary incontinence, prolapse, all of those things, Pompoir does cover that by default because you are strengthening your pelvic floor, your PC muscles, but it's not its main goal. So when we're talking about, some, some women have heard of pelvic floor training as Kegel exercises, and yes. Kegels were obviously developed by Arnold Kegels in the 40s, late 40s, I believe. And the goal here was health, was you know, preventing prolapse, preventing um, urinary incontinence. But the, and, but pompoir takes this approach, basically, and turns it up a notch. But because the, 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 the objective of pompoir is purely pleasure, uh, it, it's much more complex. It has many other exercises. And it does, it, because it strengthens the pelvic floor in order for you to achieve more complex exercises to trigger pleasure during sex, both for your partner and yourself, uh, the strengthening part of it and all the, the benefits of Kegels are already covered even though it's not its main goal so that's that's the main difference I'd say between kegels mm-hmm. and Pompoir.
1: but one of my curiosities about this was mm-hmm. that, um, so kegels doesn't actually go by okay so so we're gonna do a little anatomy now guys because <laughs> because I don't assume that anybody knows anything so um, when um, so first let me say what a vaginal prolapse is so vaginal prolapse is when um, the parts of the vagina and it might be different parts move forward into the canal, collapse, the walls of the canal collapse, or the back of the canal comes down and collapses. So um, you end up with like a bump sticking in. That's probably the easiest way or a bump sticking out in a, in a severe prolapse. Um, and so when um, gynecologists and, and pelvic floor phys- physiotherapists, yes, there are those guys, if you didn't know, there are physiotherapists who specialize in this. Um, get people to work on this. Oftentimes they don't actually talk about isolated area areas. So most pelvic floor exercises that are actually aimed at the front of the vagina, really the first third. Um, which would have been nice if I'd known because I practiced those for years and got very, very good at them. But since I was having a problem with the rear, it did absolutely nothing for the things <laughs> I was having a problem yeah, I with. I can imagine. Okay. And, and okay. so and so when I went back into the gynecologist, it was like, actually, you need to relax more. And I'm like, but I'm having, you know, a bit of urinary incontinence, um, stress incontinence, and I'm having pain and sex. And it's like, well, yeah, you need to relax more. Your problem's actually in the back, not in the front. And so, I actually went and got this. There's a, um, oh, I'm going to block on the name of it, which is terrible. I'll, I'll remember it later. But there's a, a, a Kegel stimulator that, it, that, that actually is gamified, which is wonderful. It's a lot of fun. Um, and um, this particular one does do some stuff for the rear muscles. So, I worked on that for a while to see if I would get results. Didn't really do all that much, but I did work on it to try and see if if doing different muscles would get results. So since we know that Pompoir actually deals with all sorts of different um, areas, then the possibility is that this might actually be more helpful for for people who have more complex issues, even though that that, this is not what it's aimed at. If that makes sense,
3: it's it's very interesting that you that you bring the topic of relaxation to this because something that, that 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 I see happening very often is that everyone's talking about kegels, Oh, your kegels tighten yourself up. And there's a lot of just people talking about that. And actually, an optimal pelvic floor is strong, but it's also very flexible. And a lot of people focus so much on 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 tightening when actually, you need to have a strong pelvic floor, but that can also be very flexible. That's why we something that we we really hammer on is is the importance of stretching and relaxing and breathing properly. So it's it's very easy to say, oh, you know, just do some contractions and you'll get tighter. And that's a lot of women over that's how a lot of women end up overtraining kegels. And that's that can actually lead up to more issues for women when they're overtraining, just like you when you have issues when you overtrain any sort of muscle. And that's not talked about enough. Um so the importance of of breathing properly, diaphragm breathing, the importance of stretching, the importance of rest, all of those things, those things are also important for the pelvic floor, and because it's a very sensitive area, and uh, and it's interesting that you were doing all of these exercises and you were continuing having issues, and your doctor actually said, well, you need to relax. <laughs> so it's it's yeah, we're we're being sold that you know just do some contractions, you'll get tired, all of your your problems will go away. Well, not really. No,
1: and it, and and also, it's not always a pelvic floor issue, which is, you know, basically what uh, some of what they're saying they've said to me is, is that, okay, we don't think this is necessarily to do with the pelvic floor, and in fact, it isn't a prolapse. So that was a different opinion, and it was kind of interesting. Um, the by the way, guys, the ones that I was the trainer that I was referring to that I couldn't remember the name of, it's called a perifit. fit, and. Okay. And it is, I will recommend this. And if you know me, you know that I don't recommend um, things unless I'm very familiar with them um, or have used them myself. So I will recommend this because because um, gamifying definitely helps people to get around their own mind, which gets in the way sometimes when you're trying to do these sorts of things. Um, and so, um, I certainly found it useful. Um, The women that I've recommended it to have also come back and said they found it useful. They found it much easier than the LV, which is not gamified, um, but is probably the most well-known and popular one um, on the market at this point, the LV trainer. Um, So, I actually recommend the Parafit at the moment. Um, You can also try the Anovo. Um, which is one that's actually non-invasive and has pads for your legs and things like that. Um, it's a bit complicated to put on. And if you're not sort of very average sized, it can be a bit more difficult to put on and to actually get the um, stimulation on the right muscle groups. So I'll just give you that as a as a warning. But these are all devices that you can use if you're doing Kegels. They may or may not help if you're trying to learn pompoir. So let's talk... Um, in a second about the differences about um, doing this and doing something that is extra, because this is extra. <laughs> um, Fantastic. So uh, where does the word pompoir come from? Do you know?
3: So pompoir sounds very French, but it's actually the the Americanized or the English term. Uh, we have a lot of terms for this. It is called the Singapore grip, Singapore kiss. Uh, playing the flute, kabasa in India, and so it is believed that it started in India in the uh, amongst the Devadasi community in the ninth century. Uh, Devadasis were high class artists and worshipers who also served as sacred prostitutes because there's a I, I didn't know this, but there's a term called sacred prostitution. Oh yeah, uh, which I had no idea that was a thing, which is something that's that's interesting. One of the many things that I've learned through this journey, um, but they were you know they they as part of their education and their training, these women learn how to master their, their pelvic floors to basically turn them into pleasure temples for the other devotees of the temple. And, uh, but there, there are other origins of this practice. Uh, Hetairas were high-class Greek courtesans, I believe, that were also able to do these things. Um, there, are, there are references of, of Pompoir in Taoism, um, some parts of Tantric yoga, Tetric sex and yoga. So there's, there's really no, no one origin to this practice. It is believed that it was Southern India, but the truth is to the Western world, the closest thing we have, it has been Kegel training in the forties. Um,
1: okay. So, why, yeah. so in the forties, they basically took out, I'm very familiar with the concept of sacred whore, and it's something that, um, um, I've got a show plan to talk about it what the path of the sacred whore looks like and um in dif- in different cultures so that's one that that we can that we can that's talk so about interesting. Yeah, no, it's um it's it's um it's definitely one of the things that's dear to my heart. Um so it, it what it looks like is they medicalized it basically which is not unusual as many people will know that m- there are many spiritual practices that um when brought to the west end up being medicalized um um, in some ways, because the Western mind dealing with spirituality that isn't um, monotheistic and isn't um, um, often Judeo-Christian is problematic. It's,
3: so, especially when it comes to sex. It's it's, yes. it's almost strange to. I come from a Catholic family, so it's almost strange to me to, to to associate sex with spirituality. But Taoism, in 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 a bunch of different cultures, especially in the East. That's very much a thing, you know, sexuality is part of the human experience and the human experience also deals with everything that has to do with spirituality. So, I, I find it wonderful, I think. It's
1: so, so, when much. we say the West, though, we really need to mean modern West because actually, if you, West. Look, if you look back at pre-Christian, in Western cultures, you also had sacred sexuality Um and in and, and anything that was pre-Christian, there was often a sacred sexuality, there was a there was a part where, where sexuality could be sacred, um, and there was often a sacred whore path. So we're going to take a break for some words from our sponsors. We'll be back in a couple of minutes and pick this up there.
2: Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices.
2: Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google.
0: Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and this week it is P is for Pompoir, and I'm joined by the amazing Belle DiLorenzo. So, um, okay, so we were talking about sacred horrors just before the break, but um, so what, what does this comprise? What, what does the practice look like? Okay. So let's, let's go to the, the basics.
3: I, I like to baby step with this thing. So in terms of pompoir, basically pompoir is an ancient sex practice where women gain full control over their pelvic floor muscles with the purpose of providing and receiving, the key here is receiving, extreme levels of pleasure. And okay. women that master this, this art can squeeze, can pull, can tilt, can grip, can lock, twist, pulse, suck everything using only their vaginas basically and they do this in different regions of the vaginal canal and in combination with different rhythms and speeds and durations and intensities and that's why it results in over 26 unique and insanely pleasurable exercises that every woman every woman has the power to 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 perform during sex to bring her to orgasm
1: so every so, woman yeah. do, when we say every woman are we also including people who are postmenopausal where um Estrogen is less, and so flexibility is is definitely an issue for postmenopausal women, um, even those who have hormone replacement.
3: Yes, absolutely, every okay. woman postmenopausal. We actually have a, a few women that I was very scared of when they first came to us. The reason why uh, a few postmenopausal women came to us uh, was because of lack of desire. They didn't feel aroused as often anymore, and they have heard that we ha- help women uh, become more aroused because. Th- as part of the benefits of this practice, and one of my favorite benefits is because you're stimulating the the vaginal area so much, you're A, physiologically increasing the blood flow there, and B, you're basically prompting yourself to think about sex very, in a a habitual way, constantly. So as a result, you get much more aroused. And that's one of the benefits that we all really like about the practice. And these women, I was really scared about helping them because I I didn't have experience with that. And then we started trying it out. And and lo and behold, a lot of these women, well, actually there hasn't been one woman that we haven't been able to help with this. So yes, women postmenopausal, absolutely they can do this practice and they, they really get they're usually the most disciplined ones because they really enjoy the benefits of it so it's I'm super happy to be helping those women that's
1: that's what yeah
3: fills my heart to to, to do that really so
1: yeah so so the basics we're starting with um do we start with an understanding of the area and um and some anatomy or do, is that not even needed? so we do in
3: in the course, we do have a very basic understanding of the area, uh, but we're not we're not doctors. We're very. The thing is, what what we found is that when there's a very basic concept that you can understand, and once you once you get a few things right, it's very easy for you to feel these muscles for yourself. So, for example. Um, We progress, our course progresses in different pillars. So we have a ramp up period where at first you're training some strength and you're developing some strength in your muscles. And once you have that basis of strength in your muscles is when you're able to feel the different regions of your vaginal canal to perform more complex motions. So at the beginning, our training actually looks very close to to Kegel training. It's a lot of contractions, a lot of vertical motions, a lot of holding in and, and, and a lot of diaphragm breathing and a lot of that stuff. And once you're able to, after a few weeks, once you're able to gain that strength, that's when you can understand the different levels of the vaginal canal, the horizontal walls, the front and back walls, and that's when you really can get into the the, the cooler stuff, if you will. Um, so, very basic knowledge is needed in terms of of, uh, of pelvic floor. Um, there, I can I can give you all the names of the of the muscles, but they're really hard for my non-native English English uh, language to say. But it's it's a it's a very basic level of the it's the PC muscle, the yep. cubo...
1: People call CGS muscle. I believe it's called. Don't ask and, me to pronounce it. So <laughs> I'm a native English speaker. <laughs> but but
3: but yeah, it's the it's the area surrounding both the anus and the vagina. It's not. It's it's an entire layer. So it's not just vaginal mm-hmm. muscles. So a lot of the times, women will tell me, "Oh, I feel like I'm activating my my anus a little bit." That's totally normal. It's totally fine. You want to focus on activating the regions closer to the vagina, but it's absolutely normal that the anus will be activated as well.
1: So if the anus is activated as well, then um, it it could it be used for um, improving um, experience of anal sex? We haven't
3: touched upon that yet, but i I believe so. I believe absolutely it could. i think I think that would require a specific type of training, though, just because, you want to be very, we hammer a lot on the importance of mind muscle connection here. So you really do want to focus on the anus.
1: I imagine if that's the area that you want to target, mm-hmm. but yes, absolutely, Lori. I well, and say. part of the reason that I asked that is that there are quite a few people who want to have anal sex, but who find it um, very daunting because of the potential mm-hmm. pain. And I, I mean, I teach a class on this and we go through all the different things that you can do to relax, but um if you're working with the muscle consciously, then you will find it, the muscles consciously, then you will find it easier clearly find it easier to relax when you need to relax and tighten up when you need to tighten up, as opposed to this being something that happens automatically, which would which would no doubt make it uh, less daunting and far more presu- pleasurable it's
3: It's very interesting because something looking at it from the perspective of the vagina, something that we were afraid of was okay. This basically, you're basically building muscles, right? You're, you're 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 developing the muscles that you already have down there. So we were really scared that will this will this be will this make sex painful somehow? But it's interesting because what it actually well what it what it has done so far for the women that we've coached is it actually uh, as the the muscles do get tighter. But at the same time, you lubricate much faster. You get aroused quicker. You get aroused more often. And it and, 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 and has even helped with vaginal tenting. I don't know if you're, you probably spoke about vaginal tenting already, but for, for, for people that may have not heard about it is vaginal tenting is basically when you're, when you're aroused, your vagina basically creates an extra space for the penis to get in if you're being penetrated. And so basically, your uterus shifts forward, and that's where you have an extra space. But a lot of people, a lot of women find uh, sex to be very painful because of lack of tending and because of lack of arousal, right? So we have seen this help with, with arousal and therefore with vaginal tending and therefore making penetration much more
1: enjoyable. So it will be really interesting to me to to see what happens with people who do have pain upon sex when it isn't around that. For example, if you've um and I'm thinking postmenopausal because I am mm-hmm. postmenopausal and and you know and I all you know and I've experienced some of these things. Um and if if you've got it's not just dryness but it's There's a degree of of atrophy that can happen at a certain point, um, which is hard to prevent because the reality is you're not going to get, even if you're doing um, hormone replacement, you don't get the kind of estrogen you did, particularly if you don't have ovaries. And so whereas women who no longer have ovaries are a pretty specific case with this, which is that the HRT is not going to do what HRT does in somebody who is just in menopause, which is basically top up what your body's still doing because your body will still produce um um sorry hormones right the, ov- the ovaries still produce hormones until until very late in life and so you're just topping that up but in a person who's had their ovaries removed you're not topping it up you've got nothing so you're adding something in but it will never be anywhere near the level and usually when they add something in I don't know why but they add something in only to the level that they would normally give a postmenopausal woman not kind of taking on board the fact that you're, you don't have the same baseline, right? Um, so they only give you a small amount. And so you never have anywhere near enough. So it then becomes an issue. So it'll be, it would be interesting to see because lubrication is not a given in, in somebody who's postmenopausal. I mean, it's not a given in anybody, but certainly in someone who's postmenopausal, it's got nothing to do with arousal is what I'm saying. Like sometimes you can be incredibly aroused and completely dry.
3: Yeah. I understand. And that's why we also, something that we, we, we say throughout the course is we, uh, something that we have as well are, are sort of tests that we, we get them to, we get the women to go through if they want to assess their level of skills for each of the things that we're doing. And lubrication, we always tell them to, to we give them discounts on lubricants as something that's, that's very important because, yeah, absolutely, lubrication is not it's not a given. Um, what we did find, when, when I speak about arousal, I usually speak about mental arousal, right. that's something yeah, that, yeah. that has... Totally that different. Has happened to us was that uh, so, for example, one family member, which I, I won't say who, but one family member who was post-menopause, uh, she came to me and she said, "Hey, uh, I'm thinking about um, testosterone. Uh, I don't know how the treatment is. When when she,
1: I'm not I, I, about, take, I
3: take uh-huh. t- t- I take testosterone, so I can exactly. talk about that. <laughs> exactly. And she saw she she said, well, the treatment was quite expensive, so she wanted to know if there was a way." that she could start with this before looking at that because she didn't have the money just yet. So I said, look, you know, sorry, she didn't have the money for the treatment right, right away. So we said, okay, you know what, let's, let's see if this could help somehow. And at this point, we hadn't helped any woman post menopause. We're very much starting out. And, um, and, and lo and behold, it took her a little longer. In terms of lubrication, she very much has to use lube. Uh, so I, I absolutely agree with you. It, it has, it's not necessarily connected when it comes to your body. Um, but in terms of mental arousal, I think what, what, well, because we're, we're learning so many interesting stories about women, but I think with her per- specifically after menopause, she kind of got disconnected from her femininity or that's how she felt like what she mm-hmm. would tell us is I, I feel like I'm no longer a woman because I don't do this thing that we expect women to do. Right. Uh, we expect our bodies to do. So she was very much disconnected from her, um, Sort of her sexuality in that way, and what this training did for her was basically make her feel sexual again and 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 both in the physiological sense of you know the the, the blood flow through the vaginal canal but also the mental aspect of constantly thinking about sex uh, something that we hammer a lot on is is and I touched a little bit upon that is uh, the importance of mind muscle connection and our our course just just so you, so you know it's it's all animated it's uh, because the muscles are inside of you it's it's much harder to activate them as if you were doing a bicep curl and you can mm-hmm. see it right so what we wanted to do was do something completely visual that women could see so we we hired an animator I illustrated half of the course and then I hired my my best friend as an animator who's he's he's amazing and um, we were able to basically recreate the vagina and its different beautiful shapes that we have right. And through different colors, we animate the different exercises in different regions of the vaginal canal. And what we hammer a lot upon is the importance of mind-muscle connection, which is basically focusing on, on, on consciously activating certain regions of your muscle. And as they are doing this, thinking about having your partner penetrate you or having a dildo inside of you or having whatever you you use to 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 really penetrate yourself.
1: Okay, and- so I'm going to yeah. stop you there um yes. cuz we've got we've got to take a break and we'll pick <laughs> it up as soon as we get back.
0: It can be nearly anything, food, sex, alcohol, cannabis, heroin, or dependence on prescription drugs like pain pills, Xanax, Clonopin, or Ativan. Dr. Patricia Halligan hosts Recovery, The Hero's Journey. This groundbreaking program explores the many facets of addiction, including expert observations, best practices to help patients, and treatment options. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and Noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness
2: Channel. Do you have questions about sex and intimacy? Many are too embarrassed to ask, but we've got to know the answers, right? That's where the A to Z of sex comes in. Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee explores every aspect of sex, intimacy, and more. Find out the real answers with Dr. Lori Beth and her expert guests. We also hear from individuals who have experienced the issues we talk about. No matter your gender, sexual preference, or desire, you're welcome here. Learn your erotic ABCs by listening every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Hey, everyone. Welcome
1: back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Laurie Beth Bisbee. This week, it is P is for Pompoir. This is Section 3. And I am with the amazing Belle DiLorenzo. And just before the break, you were talking about using a mind-muscle connection and using your mind to actually activate specific parts of the muscle. So you would be focusing on specific parts of the muscle and using your mind to activate. It's, it's really fantastic. So
3: for example, let's say there's one exercise called the whip, where you you squeeze, not contract. This is one of the main differences between uh, pompoir and Kegel training. Kegel works on basic contractions, and then with pompoir, you add different exercises. But squeezing basically means pushing together your lateral walls to close your vaginal canal. So what this exercise does is the whip, you, you close each part of each region of the canal subsequently to create sort of like a whiplash effect or a wave like motion. So something that we use to trigger this, this reaction is imagine that you're trying to basically, if you have your partner inside of you, imagine that you're trying to first close the first level and and stimulate the very base of the penis, then the the shaft, the middle of the shaft, and then the tip and continue with that motion. So imagine if you're training this Five days a week for 15 minutes every single morning or every single night, wherever you, you decide to train. You're thinking about sex every single day. So what we started realizing was, okay, these women are getting much more aroused, which is something that we didn't expect with our training. That wasn't really the goal. The goal was, okay, learn how to stimulate yourself and have better orgasms. But women were coming back to us, and they still come up, come to us as Hey, I feel one woman, one woman even said, I feel like a 14 year old kid who just discovered porn. Like, I want to do it all the time. Well, I love this. And I love that quote from her. She's awesome. And, and uh, what I really like about this is, um,
1: yeah, you basically
3: are prompting your mind to habitually think about sex. So um
1: so here's the thing um so yes. I, do, I you know so so far we're we're talking a lot about um uh, penis and vagina sex or penetrative sex of any kind um and so I need to point out a couple of things which one is is that um about um only about there's about 28 to 38 percent depending on who you talk to of women don't reach orgasm with penetration so although they may enjoy penetration as part of their sexual life that's not where they're going to get the most pleasure. So that's one group. But also there's a large group of people who just don't ever enjoy penetration. Penetration is not their thing. So does having more muscle um control um actually do anything if you are not seeking any kind of penetration. Um, or, you know, I mean, some people use fingers, but that's still penetration. So, that would still be for you and not for your partner, obviously, because they're not necessarily going to get anything out of you squeezing their fingers. However, um, or a dildo, they're not going to get anything out of you squeezing the dildo. Um, however, for those people who don't like penetration at all, is, is there a benefit to learning how to do this, even though penetration is just off the menu?
3: Okay. I love this question. So those, the two parts, the first part in terms of people that don't experience orgasm through penetration, which I think is even less, I've heard so far as 20% maybe of women in the U.S. maybe experience uh, vaginal penetration. And as, after we've seen those kinds of studies, we've kind of shifted the focus to clitoral orgasms, right? Because yes. vaginal orgasms are very hard to achieve. And my question kind of was, why not both? Why not try to have both? Because penetration could be very enjoyable. And something that we, we really noticed for women is that it's this shift in once they're able to basically increase the sensitivity in their vaginal canals, they are able to enjoy penetration much more. And the best feeling in the world already is when someone tells me, Hey I just have my first vaginal orgasm and that so, happens every week.
1: I mean so, so I talk to people yeah. about this and you know I I hate yeah, the term yeah. I hate the term vaginal orgasm oh, because okay. because we're not sure that it's the vagina that's actually causing the orgasm right because the clitoris Is partially inside the vagina. And the only bit of the clitoris that we see, it's the tip of the iceberg. That's the external bit. Everything else is internally. And internally means that it terminates in various portions of the vagina. So basically, they're stimulating the parts of their clitoris that are the the erectile tissue in the vagina. So whether you see that as part of the vagina or really part of the clitoris, it's it's an argument, but, but it's an argument. We know that, that the horns of the clitoris, for example, and fornix, all of that is, is, is internal. So, um, so they're able to finally, they're able to gain pleasure from that. From that, um, yes. And actually excuse me, experience orgasm from that, which, I mean, you know, different studies say different things. It ranges from about 28. I mean, what I've seen from about 28 to 38% of women managing that. Um, but again, you know, you have to ask, what does that mean? And, and a lot of times women don't understand that not all orgasm feels the same. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, right. they think that there's only one feeling for orgasm and that's orgasm, but you know, orgasms can feel all different ways. So they, so there are a lot of women who don't recognize orgasms that are not like a clitoral orgasm and we have a lot of ideals
3: surrounding orgasm as well mm. like, oh it should be like the men's orgasm right I don't feel that great and then suddenly I feel fantastic and it's much different for for most yeah. for most women so it's that's very interesting as well that the supposed ideas that we have behind this is what this should feel like
1: and so then I have another question because if you're working on something that um, that involves penetration or that um, it's essentially focusing on on the muscles in the area where penetration is occurring um what about squirting does this do anything with that
3: so this is interesting okay so this is a very interesting question i like that you that you asked that um a friend of mine uh who's who's also finished the course and is a a very 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 much a, a lover of pompoir now she told me that she squirted for the first time performing one specific exercise. So one, now we want to try to do that. Basically, we're going to try to to improve upon those sorts of exercises to see, basically, we try to experiment everything in ourselves before we give it away to the public, obviously, so that we, we, we're sure. But so this is, we're just, Starting out with with how with the what what the vagina can actually do, I believe we you know how they say we know uh, we activate a, a very small region of our brains. I think the vagina is an entire world that we don't yet know fully.
1: Well, I mean, I certainly would agree with the fact that you know, I, first of all, we don't get any education on this, right? Yes. Um, you get you get pitifully little education on what your body does, um, and and certainly as a woman. Eh, Pitifully, pitifully little education, and because our parts are not external, it's more. Most of our parts are not external. It's more difficult to know. Um, I mean, with a man, it's it's far easier because you've got all of your parts it's external. There. Yeah. <laughs> well, not all of your parts external. I mean, if you if if you get into prostate stimulation, obviously that's not external. But most of the parts are external. So it. So I guess pleasure for a man is a far more straightforward affair than pleasure for a woman is. From a physiological point of view, but not just from a physiological point of view, but then we've got all the morals and the and the, and the crap that the cultural crap that surrounds female sexuality that means that you know we're that nobody's going to educate us into that because female sexuality is scary. So, You've got a lot of different moving parts that means that we really, most of us, don't know how our bodies work yeah. very well. On top of that, there are women who've never fucking looked at themselves. I mean, I still, you know what, because I'm, I'm born in the 60s and the early 60s. And um, um, so, you know, the 70s were where I was really coming into awareness of my body more so than as a very childly awareness, obviously. um, young girls become aware of themselves very young. Um, that's why they rub against things all over the place when they're little toddlers and things. But, um, you know, I remember um, being given a copy of Our Bodies, Ourselves by from a friend of mine when I was 16 for my 16th birthday. Um, she gave me a copy of Our Bodies, Ourselves. And up until that point, I've never, I've never been encouraged to actually look at my body. And Our Bodies, yeah. Ourselves was this amazing book that gave you not only information about Uh, anatomy and disease. It talked pleasure. It talked relationships. There's updated versions now, but this was revolutionary when I was um, 16, which would have been in 1979, right? It was absolutely revolutionary. And one of the exercises was, you know, get a mirror and actually look at what you look like down there, which, which I did at that age. I am amazed at how many women I see Who, when I asked the question, have you ever looked at yourself, have never done it, including young women now who still have not been educated into the idea that it's actually helpful to have a look around because we're different sizes, we're different shapes. And you know what? Size matters when, it, when you're talking about stimulation. If you have a very small external clitoris, you're going to find certain types of um, approaches to orgasm much more difficult yeah. because you can't get purchase in the same way. So, yeah, somebody who's trying to have an orgasm through penetration, their clitoris, is, the external clitoris isn't being stimulated if it's very small. It's not rubbing against it. Who, what's it going to rub against? Unless unless you're putting a lot of pressure on philabia, right? I mean, you have to actually know what you look like to be able to maximize your pleasure.
3: And it's also a lot of, a lot of pressure in a partner. Imagine if you never touched yourself, you've never seen yourself, and then it's all the responsibility on, on the partner Absolutely. to make you come. And it's like, well, you don't know what you want. You don't know what you like. Absolutely. You to be touched. Yeah. yeah okay. I've seen
1: that happen a lot. (laughs) So we're going to grab our last break and we'll be back in a few minutes after some words from our sponsors. Um, And we'll see you then.
0: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android
2: Market. Do you have questions about sex and intimacy? Many are too embarrassed to ask, but we've got to know the answers, right? That's where the A to Z of sex comes in. Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee explores every aspect of sex, intimacy, and more. Find out the real answers with Dr. Lori Beth and her expert guests. We also hear from individuals who have experienced the issues we talk about. No matter your gender, sexual preference, or desire, you're welcome here. Learn your erotic ABCs by listening every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on
2: Voice America Health & Wellness. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792 feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now more of the A to Z of sex.
1: Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this is the final segment of P is for Pompoir. And I'm with Belle DiLorenzo. And just before the break, we were talking about the different ways in which this can actually help with um, awareness not just um, with pleasure for penetrative sex. So this is a, is a set of exercises that can, because it so much increases the awareness of your own anatomy, um, can actually show you a bit more of what your range is, of what you can do, whether you appreciate penetration or you don't appreciate penetration. And also, from what you're saying, it, there's a lot of um, valuable focus on the creation of pleasure for yourself um, and so, what you were saying just before the break, I think, is really important, which is that um, we put a lot of pressure on partners. Um, if we don't know what we look like and what we desire and what works for us, we're expecting them to be able to figure this out. So, we're handing it over in a way that actually isn't usually very
2: helpful.
3: Absolutely. That's, why, uh, that's one of the things that I, I really… Yeah, that's that's one of the things that we struggle a lot, especially with, with with some older women that understand that you can take control of your own pleasure. You can know what you like and you can manipulate this to, to get to get yourself off, basically. And this is done through different ways in Pompoir. First of all, we spoke a little bit about arousal, we spoke a little bit about vaginal tenting, we spoke a little bit about, you know, strengthening your pelvic floor so that it's it's more sensitive and it's and it's and it's stronger and it's a little bit tighter, but also flexible because you don't want to overtrain. And we and we haven't yet spoken about something that's really interesting to me that's been happening lately with a lot of a lot of the females that we are coaching, which is they are um, because they're thinking about sex more often because they're getting more aroused. They are noticing that a couple of things. First of all, in the in the orgasm area, uh, something that actually happened to me that I wrote I think a couple of times in the blog at this point is I was able to have an orgasm without. Being basically with having my clothes on, and that right without without touching yourself yeah without physical touch I was with my partner we were kissing that was it it was very tamed it was there was nothing crazy going on just yet, and I just started feeling it inside of me and it and it happened. And it was very strange. He thought it was him. I knew that. I had been training for a few months. I, I know this is not you, honey. I'm really sorry. <laughs> but it was really interesting. And that's kept on happening. And I thought it was just me. I thought I was just, you know, something was 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 weird, was wrong. Because as soon as something weird happens, we think anything, everything's wrong, right? But then I started thinking, I started hearing the same thing from from some other women that we were coaching. We still, I, I can't tell you, Lori, if we if we still don't understand why.
1: Uh, all right. I can yeah. tell you a bit more why. I mean, I can give oh, you a, a partial you explanation for why because because arousal and all of this starts in the brain, and so you can talk yourself into an orgasm. You you can talk your body into the physiological response. Um, you obviously have to know your body very well, and and that's and you have to. You have to be orgasmic already. This isn't something that you talk your body into doing if you've never if you've never if been orgasmic. Yeah, but yeah. if you're orgasmic and if you're having regular orgasms, you can learn to orgasm from just about anything. It's why in the BDSM world, you know, lots of people talk about you know or, um, coming on command, and they go, oh, that's fake. It's real. No, it's real. It's you, real. It's because you can learn how to pair things to bring you to orgasm, but you have to already be orgasmic. If you're already orgasmic, then you can orgasm from all sorts of things. If you're not orgasmic yet, you first have to be orgasmic because your body first has to know the steps to do on its own. To do it. Okay. So
3: I, I I really like that. So I imagine that because we were having orgasms more frequently, because I was enjoying penetration much more because of this training, yep. and because I was manipulating my muscles, something that that also is not spoken about enough is. First of all, it helps with involuntary contractions during orgasm, but you can voluntarily contract as you you wish, and you can squeeze whatever part you enjoy the most, right? So as you're doing that, you're increasing your own orgasms. I was having orgasms more frequently, so I guess that's what prompts my brain to do it faster. Well, your body
1: will start, because your body will start, your, your body will engage everything. Like once you're in the habit, you will engage everything. And so, so some women have lots of contraction during orgasm. Some women don't have any, some women have um, um, uterine contraction during orgasm. And by the way, guys, if your uterus is removed, you'll still be able to have orgasm. It's just going to feel different. And you may have Mm -hmm. to retrain your body because it it is definitely going to feel different. Um, But it's, it, there is a process just like when a man gets to a certain point, he will ejaculate and stopping ejaculation takes thought and effort. The same thing is true for a woman. It's just, it takes her longer to get to that place. So if you're, if you are conditioning your body, there's a point at which you push the button and the steps are going to happen unless you intervene and stop them. That's but the most way. of the time women are focused on getting the steps to happen because yeah. their bodies aren't trained well enough to do that. And, um, and I'm going to say this. Self-pleasure is the place to start with that, guys. You know, Before you start looking at partners, you should be looking at what works for you. And if you try a lot of things out for you, you're going to be in much better stead. So if people want to take this course, um, where are they going to find it? How are they going to find out about it? Okay. So first of all, I want to cue
3: Hallelujah course because, yeah, self-pleasure is the way to start your amazing glory. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So to find the course, you go to www goddess.com that's the normal word goddess but with an h after the o because oh okay. and then we have a we have a special code for the listeners of this amazing podcast and that's lori 100 and gets you a hundred dollars off the course uh so yeah if you want to start it and, and and i want to go back to one my second point that i that I couldn't finish the last time because just it's very interesting to talk to you because you know so much about about this, which is just fascinating to me. Uh, the second point that, that we we started noticing uh, with couples was um, because we, we talked about how the man is, you know, or, or your partner, whoever it is, your man or woman, whoever, um, is supposed to know you better than you know yourself, apparently in sex, which is it's crazy. You need to know yourself. Something that started happening with these women is, as as they started training and as they started do, performing these exercises in bed, was that um, communication started opening up. So as they started doing these things, their partners were, you know, obviously feeling it was it was a lot of pleasure for their partners and for themselves. But it started opening up a lot of doors. It's as if pompoir was a friendly beginning to exploring their sexuality and then they start getting into oh well you're doing this and I always thought about doing this other thing oh well I actually think I would get a lot of pleasure from this oh and this and then they start sort of rediscovering their sexualities and these are couples that have been here have been together for 10 20 even 30 years we've had together and they are now starting to speak about sex openly just because this was a an amicable first step or, or what they thought was a very comfortable first step to take and now they're just opening opened like pandora's box but an amazing pandora's box of pleasure and a uh, box of pleasure and now they're just doing all these new amazing things that we that we get to do with our sexuality so
1: I and just, so um, yeah. we know that communication is is you know is essential and um and that i've talked about this so many times mm-hmm. um it's amazing to me particularly heteros- heteronormative couples Yes. How many people do not talk about sex at all? I can't tell you how many couples I get sitting in front of me have been married 10, 15, 20 years. I said, well, like, so what happens when you talk about sex and they tell me they've never talked about it? They don't talk about sex. Not only do they think that, that tell me that they've never talked about it, but they think that there's something um, amazing about that, that that's a, 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 that's a plus, right? And I'm like, yeah, you know, my partner loves it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd love you know, like let's let's talk about what that actually looks like, right? Um, because I guarantee you, it's not like you think it is. Okay, guys, so head over to www.goddess.com, and that's with the H after the O, so it's g o h d d e s s dot com. Don't forget to use Lori one hundred when you check out, so you get your discount and um, sign up for this course. I'm going to be really interested to hear what people have to say when they've been doing stuff. So, we're going to be really interested in the feedback. If you've got further questions, you can find, you can reach Bell over there um, and you can send them in to me. You know I will answer as many of them as I can on the show. Um, coming up, well, next week is Q. Can't tell you what we're doing yet, but next week is Q. <laughs> if you have topic suggestions, things that you absolutely want to see, please do put in. Uh, we are going to be doing Sacred Horror for S this time round, I think. Um, I, and don't, you know, it may be that I'm wrong. So if, if it's not this time, it will be next time because um, I haven't looked at the calendar to see what I've you pre-booked. You can do it in W maybe. In yeah, I know. Like, yeah, I might do it in W because I, because I haven't looked to see what I pre-booked. But we definitely will be having something come up on the path of the Sacred Horror so we can talk further about that We have been talking about Pampoir. Check it out. Um, This is a fab way of increasing your sexual enjoyment. Have a wonderful and amazing, amazing week. Be kind to yourself. Be careful. Um, And thank you, Belle, for joining us. It's been fantastic.
3: Thank you so much, Laurie. You're you're amazing.
1: Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks. Okay, guys, I will see you next week when we do the letter Q.
2: We hope you learned something today. But if you have more questions, go ahead and email them to lauribeth at com. Then be here next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of The A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on Voice America Health and Wellness. See you next week.